Uh, well, welcome everyone. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Kent Hovind here, and uh, oh, we have a very special guest today, uh, Dr. Joshua Bowen. Okay, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, you uh, you sit back and listen to uh, the Canadian atheist. Okay, I'm here to help. And when you're determined to reject something, you'll use any excuse that works. Okay. In each case, when a creationist is cornered on a pivotal point, they cannot make an honest concession because they don't care what the truth is. In one way or other, I have seen many times an admission to the effect that whether we believe it matters more than whether it is true. Their position, and I'm, I'm not kidding about this, their position is not about truth. It's about appearances. And it's not demonstrated by fact, but by a demonstration of conviction. And really, it's about make-believe. It doesn't matter whether it's true or not. There's an emotional attachment to religious beliefs. That's why they uh, require apologists, people whose job it is to make up whatever excuse is necessary to rationalize or justify whatever they need in order to preserve a preferred belief. Uh, and even when that belief is obviously wrong, a religious apologist has a doctrinal obligation to defend the faith and make people believe. And that includes pulling the wool over your own eyes, too. You're supposed to reaffirm your faith using a cognitive bias and a logical fallacy of a circular argument routing back to an assumed conclusion. And why would anybody be so determined to preserve or promote a belief rather than investigating it to make sure that it's correct? I've often met people who say that they don't care what the facts are. They're going to believe what they want to believe. And if I try to tell them what the facts are, then they get angry, saying, why can't I believe what I want to believe? as if it was a matter of choice. And they tell me that I have that choice too, but I don't. Whatever I believe is a condition determined by my knowledge of the facts and will obligately change along with my understanding of the information. I have no choice in the matter, and if I did, I wouldn't believe as I do. I wouldn't believe as they do either, because if I have to believe in a fantasy world, I can imagine much better ones than they have. <laughs> Welcome to The Canadian Atheist, a podcast about news, current events, and commentary on all things atheism from a Canadian perspective. Now, if this podcast carries the explicit tag and wears it like a motherfucking badge of honor, so if you get offended, you might want to switch off. The CA records each week live from Apostasy Studios. Why not join in the discussion? Find us on Facebook, email us at thecaa at rogers.com, or follow us on the old Twitter machine at the underscore CA underscore podcast. If we're amused or tweaked by your stuff, we just might even use it on the show. And now, here are Michael and Dean. All right, here we go. Welcome to CA. Today is Tuesday, June 23rd, 2020. I'm Michael. I'm Dean. See, I told you everybody, he's fucking alive. I'm still here. Michael let me out of the closet for today. <laughs> nice. Hey, listen, what, listen, uh, uh, coming out of the closet, that's your deal. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, yeah. you know, I was, I guess there's a part of me that, that thought maybe Meredith would tell me before, but no, I guess not. Yeah. You know, I, if anybody's going to learn first, I think it should be her since we do have two children together. I should tell her first. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so, but yeah, see proof of life. And now I'm going to hang up on Dean. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's been a little, it's been a while since we've been able to, since, uh, uh, we've been able to get together to do a thing. I posted a couple of uh, the uh, 
the modern day debate things kind of in uh, in lieu of us being able to get together. But uh, here we are, so it's all good. How are things going with you, brother? Uh, things are going, you know, just uh, regular. Um, even though we've moved to phase two here in Ontario, or at least in, in our part of Ontario, that uh, we're still pretty much keeping indoors. Um, my work has issued the, the edict as to uh, stay working from home until the end of August. So... Um, we're going along on that, but I mean, well, we've we moved into the, the right direction at least by going to phase two. There's 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 right. less cases uh, daily than there there have been. So, um, you know, we're moving in the right direction. And I see that you and and Shannon have been going out and doing stuff as well. Yeah, a little so bit. I know that you guys are you guys are very are, are much more social than Meredith and I. Well, I guess the thing is is that because you know people have said oh you know how you know how is the how is the whole uh covid-19 affecting them like i go to work every day um <clears throat> and shannon's the same way right so so i think that there's that little bit people who have been in their bubbles out of um not and not necessarily out of necessity but because you know it's like so your company has said work from home so you're you work from home and and so there's because there isn't the need to go out other than for, you know, like groceries and stuff like that, there hasn't really been the need to go out. Whereas I go out every day. And so it, that's just the way that that's happened. So I don't know whether it's a, I don't know whether it's desensitization or not. I mean, still, we go, it's like if, if we're with, you know, some other people, you know, like as our social bubbles expand, uh, you know, we, we're able to maintain the social distancing thing. If we're in a, if in a store or something like that, you know, we wear masks and, you know, as, as soon as we go inside, if, like, if I'm standing in line outside, uh, you know, I'll, I'll move away from people rather than to have to wear a mask when it's 8,000 right, fucking right. degrees outside. Um, but, I yeah. just ordered some masks for the kids uh, um, online today just so – because we've been um, running the game that uh, kids aren't allowed in stores. Um, ah. Um, and for the most part, that's true. I mean, if you if they have to come, they can come, obviously. But um, we've been saying, like, you know, one only one person can go to the store, only only mommy or daddy, and no kids. Right. So, uh, which is which is fine from our part because if they just come, it's just a disaster. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, we've been doing that, and which makes shopping much easier. Although uh, this past Father's Day, um, Meredith did take Josh with her to uh, do grocery shopping, um, and nice. I stayed home and started watching the movie. After we spent the uh, the morning in the pool, all right, yes, and you we were camp- and you were camping in, in your back and you were camping in your backyard. We did, we did that the the weekend prior. We, uh, right. we set up a tent out in the backyard. We slept out there all night. Well, most of the night. Meredith got up and, and came back inside after Josh woke up and tried to crawl into bed with us. And it's just like, no, that's not working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she got up and she went she went inside. But uh, I woke up at eight o'clock in the tent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So we got a bunch of shit to get to. We got some some audio. We got some stories. I don't know how long this is gonna end up, end up going, but uh, and uh, for the this is the first time I guess we're doing this. But uh, I decided to bite the bullet and uh, sign up for Zoom. So we're hoping that the audio audio uh, quality is spectacular as a paid service should be. Um, but uh, I was getting just fucking. I was so fucking done with everything else that we've tried and had shit responses with it, like or outcomes with everything. So yeah, like fuck this shit. Burn well, the Zoom, place. I mean, has, has, uh, as far as companies that, that have done well during quarantine, Zoom is definitely one of them. Yeah. I should have I bought mean, shares in the fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom and, and, and Purell, whoever makes Purell, whatever company that is, um, they've just, uh, skyrocketed. 
Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, actually, I had to turn our, both of our gains down a little bit because the it was coming through a little bit too high. But okay, so that should be so that should be fine. So. Um, yeah, the one thing that that I noticed, I went to the a, a data center uh, a few days ago to uh, do some work that I had to do down there, and they had pumps and uh, the hand sanitizer like every two feet. There was a you could you could sanitize your your hands. It was I've I've never seen it that often. Right. <laughs> like it was it was by the elevators. It was a few feet down from the elevators where you you know you sign in, and there was another one as soon as you get through the doors to the man trap. There was another one there, and it was just like. <laughs> That's crazy. No, it's, I mean it's good though. This like this is how, unlike what Trump said, um, this is the way we're actually going to uh, defeat things. Is you know by testing. Yes, I, I'm sure all of you have heard by now. The dumb fuck uh, was out there saying, you know, we, we don't want to test too much because uh, you know it's going <laughs> to that'll show too many more cases and and then all of his uh, as you were saying, Dean, like all of his staff said, oh no, he was joking, and then he was like, I'm not kidding. Like yeah. the fucking guy yeah. is. He is, he is, it is, it is obvious that he does not care about anyone. He does not care about the people who vote for him. He does not care, he especially doesn't care about the people who don't vote for him. But testing is going to show increased cases. Yes. But you need to know who has it (laughs) so you can, so they can self quarantine and it won't spread, requiring the need for even more testing. You don't reduce testing in any measure. You increase testing. You have to know who has it and who doesn't. Yeah. Apparently, 18 states are on the um, uptick and yeah. and on the uptick in a very serious way. Um, I think Florida, Florida, Texas, and Arizona. Were, yeah, Texas, the, it's, it's really bad in, in yeah. Florida. And uh, Tulsa, Arizona, oh, that's where he was. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's also a place where it's... Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? Tulsa, Oklahoma right. is where it's where it's. Uh, they've had more than fifty percent cases this week than they did last week. Insane, insane. Um, and they have no, they have they have no plan. It's just whoever gets it gets it. Yeah. And if you die, you die. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah. But there has been an, also another interesting change in numbers is that um, the majority of carriers of COVID nineteen has switched from sixty five to thirty five. Yes, and um, the numbers from 18 to 24-year-olds has gone up 10% in the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because they're saying... It makes sense because young people are, of course, the weather's nice, they're going to go out, they're going to yeah. party more and, you know, being around and closer to other members of uh, their age group. So. Yeah, and what they're saying is, you know, yes, uh, these people may be less likely to get sick, or less likely to get more sick, but they're still gonna fuck everybody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if and they if go to a party, they pick it up. They don't even like again. They're asymptomatic, um, or they may like they say some people, you know, they're asymptomatic for the whole time that they're infected. Yeah. Um, but you know, they go see grandma the next weekend. Boom. Yeah. That nursing home has it. You know, it's just ridiculous. Oh, honey, yes, grandma dead. Um, why because you were stupid yeah you killed your grandmother (laughs) Uh, (laughs) hey so let's talk about something uh totally non-controversial for a change um because that's what we do here exactly uh so this story comes from the patheos blogs um so there's a bishop in brazil 
who has come out and said, um, we, we have to reduce the amount that women learn. Of course. Because Thank they, you. I've been <laughs> waiting for somebody to say that. Yeah. Because they, because, and he just comes right out and says, because they might become smarter than their husbands. Oh, well, what yeah. a shame. So, and this is, of course, this is just, you know, a young spry man of 75 years old. He's a bishop from the United Church, uh, the United Church of the Kingdom of God in Brazil. Claims that women should not be allowed to go to college, because if they do, they'll, they'll become smarter than their husbands. Well, it's just, they're just not allowed to go at all. Yeah, just like, fuck it, yeah. Um, and and it's, it reminds me of, like, the, um, uh, uh, the Amish and the you know the Quakers and the Quiverful mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know kind of movement um, the uh, you know the um, uh, and there's a place in Canada right that we've talked about this before you know in uh, bountiful British Columbia where they have this uh, you know basically um, massive community where it's you know a, f- a few old guys with thirty to yeah. forty wives apiece and they're all fucking dumber than bags of hammers because they only went to sixth you know the sixth grade. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, two plus two. Okay, you're good. Spread your legs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, well, you know, I, well, not not to put too fine a point on it, yeah. or too fine a point in her. Um, <laughs> okay. So, in a recently recorded uh, speech, uh, the prosperity preacher explained that he forced his two daughters to skip college, so they wouldn't become smarter than their husbands to be. Let's let let's just let's just take a take a survey of the world here. And take a look at all the countries where the women are undereducated, right? And how they're faring, yeah. As far as pres- prosperity, yeah. Oddly enough, I bet you some of those countries are what Trump calls shithole countries. <laughs> yes, I think I think you're right. Um, I mean, in, in in some parts of the world, they're undereducated because just because of the the, the workload, they're not able to go. But in, in most cases, it's because they can't afford it. Yeah. And if you're just going to rule it out entirely, even for the ones that can get there, I mean, just you're 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 dooming your 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 land, your city, your country, whatever you want to call it, to destitution to poverty. I mean, it's, you're never going to be able to pull yourselves out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I like what Christopher Hitchens said years ago. He said, uh, he said there's one cure for poverty and it's the empowerment of women. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it mean, I mean, because you have, you know, you have half of the human, or, you know, even if you just say, cause it's actually technically more than half that little bit. Right. But yeah. fuck it, just call it half. Just say 50, 50. Um, when you, when you release half of the world's population from the burden of forced uh, childbearing and child care, good things can happen. Mm-hmm. Right. When, when, when you, when you know, I think what he was, he, what uh, Hitchens said, when they no longer have to be the beasts of burden, you know, in yeah. that, in that way. Uh, you know, he said, something well, like, I just give women control of their reproductive rights. Yeah. Let them choose yeah, whether exactly. they want to have kids or not. Yeah, because there will be some, you know, who 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 like the idea, right? Um, there will be some who just there will be some who a successful life for them is to be uh, a, a parent, right? Is to be a mother, and yeah. to the, okay, fuck more power to you, right? As long as you have a as long as you have a partner who is supportive of that and is willing to do all of the the work. So that you can, so that you can, as a couple, do those things and still, 
you know, have, you know, creature comforts or whatever else like that, then fucking fill your boots. But not the, we're not sending them to college because we don't want them to be smart. Yeah. Um, so well, he well going to college doesn't doesn't increase their intelligence. They already are intelligent. They're being refused the ability to, to, to the the access to knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I mean yeah, and, I'm, and yeah, I, I think yeah, I I misspoke there, saying you know that they're they're not smart, but you know the 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 benefits of classical formal education, right? Yeah. Uh, you know the kind of stuff. I mean, because you can have. I mean, you can be smart as a whip, but the reality is in, in most of the world, if you don't have a piece of paper with your name on it, um, most places don't care how smart you are. And you can be the you can be the nicest person in the world, and you're still not going to get the job over the person who has the piece of paper. Yeah, they, they well, they won't even find out how smart you are because they won't let you through the door because you, yeah. you don't have those, those, yeah. uh, those letters after your name. Yeah. Um, so he goes on to say... Um, I said they would just go to high school and that they would not go to college. And my wife supported me. Oh, there's a fucking shock. <laughs> well, it's probably because yeah, she, she was too fucking stupid to argue. <laughs> um, yeah. But some of or our she's relatives... tasted the back of his hand a few, a few too many times. Yeah, maybe. But some of our relatives found it absurd. Ooh. Um, I asked them, why do you want to go to college? Because if you graduate from a particular profession... You will serve yourself. You will work for yourself. But I don't want that. I want you to serve God. And your husbands. <laughs> he doesn't say that. That was my editorial. Yeah. Um, but it, like there's, and, and there's the reality, right? Not to put too fine a point on it, right? Um, you, want, you, know, you, you want a baby machine. You want a cooking machine. You want a house cleaning machine. Um, you know, it's like Chris Rock says, feed me, fuck me, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? Um, and, and in these situations, I don't think that's being hyperbolic. No, not at all. This is the, that's, that's exactly what they want, exactly. And they're not saying it outright, but it's, it's, it's what their actions mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, hey... Um, this is something this, maybe this should, maybe this story should have led, uh, SCOTUS did a good job. What? SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, not POTUS. POTUS is still oh, a fuckhead. Yeah, no, SCOTUS, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yes, he, they did do, and, and surprisingly enough, Kavanaugh was one of the ones that, uh, that voted the right way. No, he wasn't. It was, no, what? it was, it was, it Are was. Are we talking Ka- about the same thing? Yeah, we're talking about the LGBT thing. Yeah. No, Kavanaugh, um, Alito and Thomas were the three that dissented. It was the other six that voted in favor. I thought he voted the right way. Oh. No, no, he didn't. No, okay. he's he's still a fuckhead. Um, <laughs> but 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 anyway, yeah, SCOTUS did the right thing in supporting. Um, it's like here, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Supreme Court of the United States had to weigh in on treating people equally. Yeah. Treating humans like humans. Yeah. Not, 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 no benefits. Yeah. Not, not a benefit. Just equal. It took the highest court in the land to say, maybe we shouldn't discriminate against these people. Yeah. It's, 
Yeah. What can you say? Like, America continues to baffle me. Yeah. Uh, American politician Josh Hawley um, is not happy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't discriminate against them. LG uh, uh, against uh, against them them uh, them gays or exactly. uh, it was for it was for uh, transgender, wasn't it? Uh, well, LGBT, right? So yeah. Oh, it was LGBT. Okay, yeah. that was specifically for transgender. No. So, <laughs> so, so basically, what they're doing is 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 saying that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 includes this segment of the population as well. Yes. Um, now it's interesting because there's a part of me that says, okay, maybe. Maybe it was something that had to happen. Like, you would hope that it would just be like, well, of, of course they deserve these rights as well. Um, but, but maybe it, it, it is something that had to be kind of like, okay, you know, we're, we're just going to bring these people into the fold as well and we're going to treat them equally. Um, so, you know, so, I don't know. The biggest part of me says, this should have been this should have been a three minute meeting. They should have gotten around the table and said, This is right, right? Yeah, okay. This is the right thing to do. Yes, okay, done, good. Yeah, next. Yeah, next. Why does um, it even have to go to the Supreme Court? I mean, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And so, but but Mr. Hawley, um, vo- um he voiced his disapproval, saying that um we have got to do better than this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, we yeah. do. This should have been ha- this should have happened. Years ago. Oh no, no. He's saying that he's saying that the ruling, that the positive ruling, was a bad thing. Yeah, Mister Hawley said that he he's. Um, I was very disappointed by the fact that even Neil Gorsuch sided with the LGBT community, and that's one of the ones. Like that's the kicker, right? Gorsuch, yeah. Gorsuch was Trump's first uh, appointment, right? Um, he was put there over Merrick Garland because when when uh, when Turtlefuck, uh, uh, fucking um, what the hell's his name, the Speaker of the House? No, yeah. What the fuck's that guy's name? Um, McConnell. I don't know. McConnell. Yeah. Okay. There when, you go. When Turtlefuck McConnell, because you know Turtlehead. Um, yeah. When he cock blocked Obama for eighteen months because he said a year and a half wasn't long to confirm um, a SCOTUS appointment. And then as soon as uh, Trumpel-Stilskin got elected, um, they had fucking Gorsuch in there, you know. Yeah, lickety-split. Yeah, exactly. Faster than a, than a fucking uh, Las Vegas hooker on a, on a Saturday night. And, <laughs> um, and he was the first golden boy, right? He mm-hmm. was Trump's appointee. He was going to be the one to start to tip the scales. And when he came out and when he didn't dissent and when he sided, when he sided the right way and I'm not, and this is not, this is not a, a, a political thing. This is not, and this has nothing to do with, with, uh, with a God belief or anything else like that. This is simply human rights. When he sided in favor of human rights the right, the religious right, lost their fucking shit because he yep. was he was their boy. Um, and I and I bet you that fucking Trump and Pence were just like I bet you Trump you 
you could have seen steam coming out of his fucking ears, right? Um, <laughs> He's got a lot of reason for that to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, especially, yeah, because, you know, the, the gears break and stuff like that and steam comes out. Um, and in Tulsa, like, he was not happy when coming home from that. Oh, exactly, yeah. You look at Mr. fucking Sad Sack getting out of your helicopter. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, but, yeah, so I thought this was very interesting. But the the religious right, they're like, they're, they're freaking out, right? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is that there's nothing they can do about it now, Right. He's yeah, on the highest court in the land is uh, told you to go fuck yourselves. <laughs> yeah. You know, and because it's a lifetime appointment now, the, my, the only hope would be that, I mean, so he, he can't get pressure, right? Like you cannot be fired from, from SCOTUS. Um, no, I, I no. He, once I mean, you're there, leave, you're there. You can't, yeah. Once you're there, you're there. Um, so what's going to be really interesting about that is to see, you know, like Ken, can pressure be brought to bear? I mean, it can't do anything. He can just tell them to go fucking lick his nuts, right? Um, but it would be interesting if, if Trump does try to, you know, put some kind of pressure on him, like, oh, you know, I, I put you there to, you know, to do these types of things. And, um, and now that he doesn't have any control, I think it's just, I think it's hysterical. Yeah. I think it's hysterical. No, I, I yeah, I mean, he, he voted the only way that you really should vote in, in that situation. And I don't think there's anything they can do. I mean, once you're in there, you're in there. Yep. Yep. Um, Hey, uh, so this, this next little bit is, uh, is you, so it's from, uh, Christianity today, which we haven't uh, had any news from in a long time. But -hmm. when I was looking through this, I found something that was, so okay, you're sitting down, right? I am. I found I found an article on Christianity Today that I agreed with one hundred percent. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you asked if I was sitting down. Yeah. Um, so the 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 article is called "Back to Basics." Okay, and what they're talking about "Back to Basics" is back to basics when it comes to reading the Bible. Um, which is something that I always uh, advocate for, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I've got T-shirts that say, you know, it's one of the reasons I'm an atheist. It's, it's, I mean, and it's certainly, and it's, you know, it's very tongue-in-cheek, right? When I say, you know, how'd you become an atheist? Oh, I read the Bible. Of course, that's not the only thing. But I'd be, I also would be, I'd be lying if I said that didn't have a lot to do with it. Like when I was, like when I was going through um, some of the stuff, you know, last night, and let me just pull it out here, hang on. Oh, 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 what are you, what are, yeah. what are you pulling out? Bound chicken one. Um, <laughs> no, my notes from last night. So I was on modern, I was on modern day debate last night. If you check the uh, the the feed on the um, uh, for the podcast, you'll see it there. And I, I teamed up again with Rib or uh, Religion is bullshit. My friend from Ireland um, against uh, John Maddox and Smoky Saint, who doesn't like his name to be revealed, I suppose. So um, last night, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it. Yeah, last night was about um, whether or not the Christian God is uh, exists, right? And so, so how does this relate to what we're talking about? The way it relates to what we're talking about is, so Christianity today is telling you to read the Bible. And the hard part is, is that when you read the Bible, these are some of the things you're going to learn. I'll just go over a couple of things that, that I mentioned last night. 
So um, people aren't made of dust and ribs, like it says in Genesis 2, uh, yeah. 7 and 2.21. Bats aren't birds, like it says in Leviticus 11.19. The earth does move, unlike what it says in First Chronicles 16.30. There was never a global flood, like it says in Genesis 7.17. You can't blow horns and yell at walls and get them to fall over, like it says in Joshua 6.5. You can't see all of the world from the top of a tall mountain, like it says in Matthew 4.8. Rabbits don't chew cud, like it says in Leviticus 11.6. Axe heads can't float, like it says in 2 Kings 6.6. There's no such thing as giants, unlike what it says in Genesis 6.4 and Numbers 13.33. There's no such things as wizards or witches, unlike what it says in Leviticus 20, 27. The moon is not a light, unlike what it says in Genesis 1, 16. Walking on water is not a thing, unlike what it says in Matthew 14, 25. There was never a zombie apocalypse, like Matthew 27, 52 says. And you can't walk around the fire and not get sizzle crispy, like it says in Daniel 3, 25. So, like I said, I am in complete agreement with Christianity Today. Read the Bible. Um, so here are a couple of things that yeah, actually read it with a, with a critical eye. Exactly. And so, and for, and for anyone who's going to say, Oh, context, things like that. It's, it's very interesting because, you know, these are things we hear a lot like, Oh, you're taking that out of context. You're cherry picking. Um, I, I defy anyone to go look at those verses, go a chapter forward and a chapter backwards and tell me where I've taken it out of context. These are all things that the Bible very specifically says happened. Yeah. You know, or are facts, right? Um, and it shows a lot of things. It shows that the people who wrote the Bible were, they were dumb, right? They were, no, it's dumb. They were ignorant. They didn't understand how the world actually works, right? Because you look up at the moon, you say, ooh, look, it's a light. Well, it's not a light. It just fucking reflects sunlight. Right. It doesn't make, yeah. you know, uh, you know, otherwise there would never be, you know, you'd never see anything other than the whole thing. Like when Earth obstructs the moon partially, it doesn't still cast the same light. If it, that's, what if, I, that's, that's the one question I was always asked people who, who don't believe the moon's a thing and that or that the, the Earth is flat. And the, like when there is a solar eclipse, if the moon emits its own light, when it covers up the sun, it should look like it does on a full moon night. Yeah, with like a little, with, with like the, I guess, um, like, um, what would you call it? Like the Coriolis around it. Like it should just have, it should have that, it, yeah. should be the, it should be white like the moon would be. And then it should have that yellow rim around the outside where the sun would be. It, well, yeah, exactly. But it should still light up. Yep. And it doesn't do that for some reason. <laughs> uh, okay. So here's a few things. Okay, so on Christianity Today, it says the first thing you have to do, so there's one, two, three, four, five, okay? There's five points. I'm not going to go read all of the five points or what the breakdown of the five points, but basically it says read repetitively. So don't just read it once, okay? Read it and reread it, (laughs) which is important, right? I think yeah. I'm on I'm on my fifth or sixth reading of the Bible now, um, and it just keeps getting funnier. Um, you can it keeps on giving exactly. You should consult a map, right? Um, now a map is particularly good because when it talks about when Jesus goes on his ministry, um, it shows that you know for like the Son of God, he was directionally in, an idiot because <laughs> he he fucking went 
like 150 miles out of his way in one direction to go back and go 200 miles the other way in a different direction when he could have gone it the opposite way and, you know, saved 200 miles. Um, yeah. I mean, man, uh, unless he, unless he had like a, like a sandal sponsor, <laughs> um, that he was, that he was trying to, you know, pimp up, you know, uh, and stuff like that, then, then maybe that was the thing. Um, so consulting a map is good. Um, keeping a biblical timeline. That's also very important because if you keep a biblical timeline and you actually check with secular sources, you'll find out that, like, for example, Matthew is not the first gospel that was written. It was Mark, and it wasn't written any time near like biblical scholars would, think, would tell you it was written. Yeah. It was written more in like 60 or 70, right? Um, keeping a timeline is also a good thing if you want to uh, look at... so. The, there's two names that always get tossed out when people ask, or, or when, like when, a, when someone skeptical or an atheist will say, uh, you know, what are some contemporaries of, of Jesus? And there are two names that always get tossed out, Tacitus and Josephus. Yeah. Neither of which were alive. Uh, and when, uh, when Josephus wrote Antiquities, it was like 94 or 95. So it's just or so he was just using oral tradition when he says there was about this time a man named Jesus, right? He mm-hmm. was sixty or seventy at the time, and he was writing about something that happened before he was born. So keeping a timeline is a good thing. Again, we're in full agreement. Comparing translations, this is also a good thing. Um, if anybody is interested, you can go to BibleHub.com. I think I'm pretty sure it's or Bible Gateway. I can't remember whether it's Bible Hub or Bible Gateway, but one of them gives you the option to actually click on the the um, the, the blue letter Bible, which is um, the translate translated from the original Hebrew. Especially when you're okay. looking at the Old Testament, that's really helpful. Um, and the other one is checking a dictionary, which I think is also good. Um, checking a dictionary using uh, a thesaurus, and then also looking at other history books. And an example of why that's important is because, uh, for example, when the, when the Bible refers to the virgin birth, um, and this whole supposed to be Mary's supposed to be a virgin, right? Well, the word in Greek was actually Alma, and Alma is just young woman. Yeah, just young, young, young girl. It has nothing yeah. to do with whether she's... Has nothing to do with whether or not she's been banged. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Right. And, and what if she blew a guy, right? <laughs> fucking doesn't speak to that at all. You know? You know? Has she done a little... Has she done some nasty, nasty with the tongue-tongue? Yeah. That's right. Um, Did not okay. have sexual relations with that woman. Exactly. But anyway, so there you, there you have it. Um, it only took a little over, th- you know, three years for me to find a... Um, for me to find an article on Christianity Today that I 100% agree with. Folks, <laughs> read your Bible. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a good step um, towards realizing how full of shit it is and you can walk away from it. Um, okay, on to our next story. Hey, hey, Dean, so there's this whole pandemic thing going on, right? What? And, yeah. I haven't heard about that. Yeah, and it's pretty much, you know, worldwide, right? So, um, but... Um, in Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates, um, and in uh, Saudi Arabia, 
there has uh, a de- an important decision has been made. It's right around this time that um, a pilgrimage normally starts, right, to Mecca. Mm. And they have wanted to curtail the amount of people that will one be admitted and that should go on the pilgrimage. And, and I, I applaud that actually. Um, however, um, so they didn't cancel it, but they've limited it. The unfortunate thing is, is that they've limited it to not more than 2 million people. Okay. <laughs> Two million. Two million people, right. Wow. So, um, <laughs> now, okay, admittedly, um, the women wearing niqabs and burqas should be fine. Yeah, well, they'll be, definitely be better protected. They'll be better protected, right? Walking around a cloth bag does has its does have its advantages. It turns <laughs> out there's a global pandemic going on. <laughs> They're safe, right? So, so because so, and in anticipation of this, I bought Shannon a burqa. Um, <laughs> she wasn't she. It was especially bad because I tried to give it to her for an anniversary present. Uh, so it was especially quite well. It was especially bad. Um, let me let me guess. If you tried to give Shannon a burqa, you're the one wearing it now. <laughs> well, yep. Well, so no. So um, today was the first day I didn't have a bag of peas on my nuts. <laughs> um, and of course, I'm just I'm being silly. But uh, yeah. So I mean, and because wearing a burqa or a niqab probably wouldn't protect you all that much. Um, well, maybe a little. I don't know. I guess I don't know. It just depends how tight the weave is, right? Now, it's got to be tight <laughs> enough so that the woman is completely uncomfortable but also invisible. And, yeah, yeah so it's probably pretty bad. But um, I would say it's probably safe to say that those crowds are probably half and half. Like if they take, the, you know, like the wife and the, and, the, and the husband or stuff go along, maybe it's a little less. Anyway, there's still a whole bunch of other men that are going to get infected, and then they're going to go home. Now... The problem with that is, is that the women can actually remove their burkas and niqabs at home. And now, bingo, you're sick too. Um, yep. So poor planning on, you know, what is numerically probably the largest religion in the world right now, being Islam. Um, yeah, poor, poor planning. Two, bad, bad show. Two million people. Um which is going to be interesting. Now, this isn't supposed to happen until August, right? So they're, they're a little... They're, they've got where little, is this? Where, where exactly in the world? Um, in, in basically, so it's the pilgrimage to Mecca, right? Okay. Um, I'm just trying to th- think of what the, what, what the state uh, is like right now. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look up to see what kind of like... Um, what kind like of have they flattened the curve? Have they... Uh, I don't, I don't know. Stem the tide. <laughs> Bad show research. Bad show research. Um, <laughs> I didn't look into that. But it, it is interesting. So, I mean, so now there's, there are surges going on, which, which, which makes you wonder what's it going to be like in a couple of months. Um, now, the other thing that has been said is that the heat, you know, can very possibly, you know, have a positive impact on, on the virus reduction, right? So, you know, August in the Middle East... Is is balls hot? 
Yeah, it gets a little warm there. So, <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. So will that help? Maybe. Um, but but there's I mean, one of the whole things that I think about is you know when you think about seeing pictures of of Mecca and Medina and places like that. You know, you've got you've got men basically, you know, asked you know face to ass and ass to face, um, by the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people as they do as they pray and shit like that, right? Yeah, there's no social distancing at all. No, it's like it's the opposite. Opposite, it's social closening. Um, <laughs> it's like let's see how fucking tight we can get. Um, closening is probably not a word. Um, <laughs> stay in school, kids. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it is the it is the antithesis of social distancing. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, to see what happens with that, um, and if we do have more in the way of surges uh, in that part of the world. Oh, speaking of parts of the world, one of the other things that I saw that was interesting today was that um, um, France has gone on the record and said that as, as restrictions are further uh, loosened and you're able to kind of do things, they have said very clearly that they will closely monitor and may keep their border closed to U.S. visitors if the U.S. demonstrates their inability to keep the virus under control within their own within their own yeah. borders. I believe that everybody should close their doors to Americans. The only thing that scares me At about this... At this critical time. <laughs> yes. Now, the only thing that scares me a little bit about this is that we are set to go vacation with our friends from Missouri... Uh, in uh, Mexico in, yeah. se- in September. And I would hate to see Mexico say, sorry, U.S. citizens can't come. That would, I would be very upset over that. Yes. So, yeah. So, so would... um, everybody in America, do a better job because I want to see my friends. <laughs> um, yeah. That's do a better true. job because you've already have, you're, 120,000 of your fellow Americans die. Okay, and we that, want yeah. to maybe reduce that number just a tad. Yeah, that sounds less selfish than what I said. Um, <laughs> go, go with that instead. Go with, go with what Dean said instead. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just seem like a selfish fuck. Um, okay. Uh, wow, we're probably going to be maybe only just over an hour today. Because I'm already get ready to move into our audio. The audio is. Um, if you want to, if if you want to extend the show a little bit, I've got something that I would. Um, you know, Fareed, a CNN contributor. Um, um, he does his he does his little like a, a little talk. Oh, Fareed uh, like Zakara. Yeah, yes. yeah, and he uh, he does his like monologue kind of thing, and he was talking about how um, the COVID cases might be going up in third world countries, and this could be a very very bad thing he's saying that currently there isn't a lot of numbers in the third world and most and and some of it's because there's lack of testing and things like that but most of but but they do have less cases than the rest of the world but he's saying that the the first world was was more impacted by this because of travelers coming from china and going to europe and going to um, Germany and going home to, to, to America and things like that. So they took it from first world to first world. 
But now it's starting to expand and expanding into third world countries. And in third world countries, they don't have access to uh, PPE or, you know, everybody to wear masks or the ability to social distance when they live in small houses with their entire families and things like this. Um, and they said, and if it, if it, and the sanitation is also, you know, non-existent or at a much lower level than we have it in the first world. So he's saying that if it, start spreading in third world countries it's going to spread it's going to spread fast and it's going to be hugely devastating and i didn't even think of that until i until i watched that 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 little video of his and one of the things i think is interesting no i mean it, it's it's an ex, it's it's a it's a excellent point is that um just because of the because of the economics your ability to get tested is is so, so greatly reduced. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, and and I think there's also, especially in some more remote areas, um, there may be an in- increased amount of ignorance. Not you know, not because the people aren't smart, but because they don't have access to the information. Yeah. And exactly. if and if one of those and if one or you know or a handful of those people get exposed. Uh, and maybe become asymptomatic carriers, and then they take it back to their smaller, these smaller clutches, um, uh, you know, of settlements and stuff like that. Um, massive amounts of people, maybe even everybody, gets cra- you know everybody except the very young that seem to have greater degrees of immunity or, or resistance, get incredibly sick, and you have you know you have seniors and stuff like that, and they start dying off, and nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Um, no, yeah, that's going to be very. It's going to be very bad. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that and that's yeah that and it's hard I don't know how we well I don't I don't have I'm not going to pretend to have the answers but I think what it does what it does do is it's incumbent upon everybody else to make to pick up the slack um yeah and to shoulder that burden of responsibility for those who cannot that, it's, it, that, it, that doesn't sound. I, I, I had a very morbid thought just now, so it's just that like the only good thing about this is that it's actually reducing the number of humans on the planet. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's. I don't think. I think just because of um, people's ability to, you know, to distance and things like that, I don't think it has the capacity to be what's what Spanish flu was. Um, you know, cause basically everybody who got Spanish flu died, right? Yeah. You know, and that's why it killed, you know, 25 or 50 million people. Um, so, but yeah, but that's pretty, that, but that's pretty scary. Um, and, and that's hard, right? Because that's, you know, although you can say, well, you know, maybe a little bit of a benefit, it's too high a price, right? Uh, yeah, it's far too high a price. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, it's like with climate change, the ones least responsible for the problem are the ones most affected by it. Sure. Um, and it just sucks for all, all these people that live that that try to eke out a living in these um, in these these difficult places in the world, um, and then they get hit even more so by something like this. It's it's like it, they never get a break. Yep. Very true. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that was pretty bad. 
hey. I love to, you know, bring the show up a notch. Well, le- well, let's take it right back down, um, and let's talk about how slavery was a blessing. <laughs> um, these aren't Who my said that? these aren't my words. Um, so there's a there's an Atlanta mega church pastor. Um, and mega church that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a word. Yeah, well, it is. So, um, and apparently, slavery was a divine gift for white people. <laughs> I don't know about divine, but it certainly was a gift for white people, that's yeah. for sure. Um, you can't make this shit up, right? So, uh, hang on. Let's turn the volume up. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's listen, listen to this. It's interesting because I feel like on the inside of the church, we're fighting this historical context you talk about. In other words, we love the blessing of the cross, but we don't we don't love to sit in it and realize this is what God's asking me to do, to die to myself and to live for him, whatever context that's going to look like for me. But I want to flip that upside down because I think the other side of it is true with our nation's history. We miss we understand the curse that was slavery mm-hmm. white people do and we say that was bad but we miss the blessing of slavery there, there he said it <laughs> he said it yeah it was a blessing and a curse right that's right Wait, is it the, is it would we say it was hang on let's let him finish <laughs> you know like why not just hear it from the horse Let's hand him a shovel so he can dig himself out of this hole. Exactly. In this case, we'll hear it from the horse's ass. <laughs> we miss, we understand the curse that was slavery, mm-hmm. white people do. And we say that was bad. But we miss the blessing of slavery, that it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in yes. and lived in. He doubled down. Wow. Well, I mean, he's not entirely wrong. It, it they were the, uh, the 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 workhorses that built the economy in the southern states. Oh, they're they're slavery is the reason why that the United States is the richest country in the history of humanity. Yeah, it was built on the on the backs of slaves. Yeah, yeah. their sweat and, so and their blood. Call this yeah. white privilege, and when you say those two words. It just is like a fuse goes off for a lot of white people because they don't want somebody telling them to check their privilege. And so I know that you and I both have struggled in these days with, hey, if the phrase is the trip up, let's get over the phrase and let's get down to the heart. Let's get down to what then do you want to call it? And I think maybe a great thing for me is to call it white blessing, that I'm living in the blessing of the curse that happened generationally mm-hmm. that allowed me to grow up in Atlanta. And, you know, you're talking about being 57. If you were 57, I can't imagine being that old, Dan, and being 57. <laughs> but uh, I've said to our church, Lecrae, a few weeks ago, when I was born, the day I was born on Boulevard at Georgia Baptist Hospital in 1958, black people did not have equal rights in this city. Not my grandparents' lifetime or their lifetime in my lifetime this is right now mm-hmm. what we're talking about today and 
Yeah. I think he's got sort of the right idea, like what he's trying to get to. He's just saying it ass backwards. Yeah. Um, he, he doesn't want to say white privilege. He wants to say white blessing. Right. It's privilege. You are privileged solely because of the color of your skin. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it's funny because, you know, I've, I've often said like in, in having these conversations, I've, um, Shannon and I had this conversation once and I said, you know, I said, I am, I am keenly aware of how privileged I am. Like the only piece of the privilege pie that I wasn't born with was coming from a wealthy family. Yeah. I got everything else. I got white. I got male. I got cisgender. I got straight. Um, you know, I, I got all of those things. It, had my family been well off, you know, it, it, then that would have been, you know, the cherry tick on all the boxes. Yeah. It would, yeah, would, you know, take the last box cherry on top. Uh, yeah. We wouldn't know each other. Exactly. Wouldn't know. Yeah. Wouldn't fucking socialize with you. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's, I'm not a rich white guy. Exactly. Um, yeah. As I'd be around all my rich white friends uh, and it's, you know, and it's interesting because, um, you know, it's like you, but to say white, you know, to say white blessings, you know, it's like, I think you're discounting, you know, it's like, because in, in saying blessing, you're, it's almost like what I see, what I took from that is, is that, is that, is that this God, of course that doesn't exist, but whatever, favored you in some way and gave you this blessing. Yeah. So then if you're going to be consistent, then you have to, then you had, then you would have to say something like black or person of color curse. Yeah. But even that, again, it's, 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 it's saying that they were, the white people were favored and the people of color were not, were, were, were not. Yeah. I mean, like by, by some benevolent entity. But that's the thing. It's like, what's the, you know, it's like, I was thinking about it. It's like, what's the opposite of a blessing? Well, it's a curse. Yeah. Right. And, and so if, if the, if the white person is blessed, it would have to mean the person of color is cursed. Right. Um, and I, I wonder what he would say if that, you know, it's like if, if you could get in front of this guy and say that to him, how he would react Yeah. to say, well, you know, so you're saying black people are cursed, right? Which the Mormon church believed until 1964. Um, but, uh, black members of the Mormon church could not hold a priesthood. Yeah. You know, every, the, the thing that every white child got when they were 12 years old the ability to, you know, to go, you know, to, to hold the priesthood. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, I think, I think he had the right idea in his head. Like I, I, I see where you're coming up. Like when you said now that the way you see it, um, how he's saying like the white people, white people are blessed and, and, uh, people of color are cursed. But I think, I think he has, he has the right idea. He's, it's just not coming across. Yeah. Good idea. Poor execution. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Uh, now we have to turn to your friend and mine, Paula White. Oh, why S- do we have to do that? <laughs> Spiritual counsel. Spiritual counsel to the President of the United States. Um, so... <laughs> 
So this is interesting. Uh, basically, the gist of this is that basically Trump's faith advisors have advised him to stop talking about his deep faith. Um, that he shut up, cl- shut up, shut up. Yeah, that he clearly doesn't have. But, and, and, and that's, so let, let's let, let's let, let's let uh, her talk about it and we can, um, we can offer commentary. Does he have a relationship with the Lord? Is he being mentored? A lot? No. <laughs> I got, I got four seconds in. No. Yeah. He doesn't have a relationship with God any more than anybody else has a relationship with God. It's than him your, even less so. Yeah, it's in your fucking heads, people. Well, people who think they have a relationship with God, he doesn't even think he has a relationship with God. Well, you I know don't what? think he thinks at all. There's this whole thing called, you know, mental health issues. Um, <laughs> you know, and you have people like Mike Pence, uh, you know, second in line to, the, you know, what has now become looked at as the throne of the United States. Um, and this fucking guy thinks he talks to Jesus daily. That's a He's one of those high functioning types. <laughs> He's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, that's a real problem when you think that you have a relationship with an entity that does not exist. Right? When uh, Ricky Gervais talks about uh, talks about this in one of his comedy specials. He's like, you know, when when you're seven years old and you have an imaginary fan, it was like, oh, isn't that cute? You know, but when you're an adult and you'd say, oh, I talked to this person and he's like, oh, do you now? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to leave. <laughs> like, uh, because yeah, I'll just be over here. Exactly. Exactly. Because it because it's problematic. OK. People want to know those types of questions. He absolutely does. He grew up in a very strong household of faith. And a lot of people don't, if you look at the formation of it, his mother, as I said, was a very godly, strong, praying woman. She had a lot of influence on him. So did his father, but in very different ways. Um, you know, his father, obviously a strong businessman. So if you look, I'd say two things really formed him a lot. Um, and that was his church life. And I'll go into the explanation of that and then bring that current and also um i think military school had a lot of formation on him you can see that you know he is a straight shooter you're gonna you're gonna hear him in he's yeah. <laughs> bone spur- shooter yeah. thing he's yeah. bone spurs so all. much yeah um no uh no sorry no i said you know you're a businessman and i saw them coming at him with a theological question and I knew that he didn't know that this was a theological question, and it was. <laughs> I was like, I knew that he didn't know the answer to what was about to ask me because <laughs> he hasn't learned how to lie like I have, or quite like I have about the topics I've learned to lie about. I've gotten yeah. really good about lying about this one thing, and I know he he's really good at lying in general. I'm just, you know, this is of course just commentary, um, but I'm pro- probably not far off. Um, uh, yeah, but he hasn't gotten good at lying about this one particular thing. Yeah, he needs more practice on that. Exactly. It's like, it's like Mr. President, you know how you lie about everything else? <laughs> We're going to teach you how to do that about this. And then when, Well, I'm sure he's had a few lessons already. Oh, I'm sure he has. Yeah, that's probably true. But he's not a very bright up. student. 
and they it was over the communion they started asking him about wine because he doesn't drink and i'm like oh this is they're about to drop it on him and it'd be like asking me how to build a building i don't know how to build a building you know and so i I said look um politics by its very nature is the system is designed to be very divisive and destructive Mm -hmm. The, the the nature of it now god can put good people righteous people we pray for that we pray that all of our leaders will make uh wise decisions will walk in righteousness uh so that we can live peaceably romans chapter 13 but i remember governor huckabee and myself were with him and i highly recommended to him i said sir um we started seeing some brutal things happening i mean early early on in the campaign and I'd be in meetings or we'd be somewhere and then you'd watch a clip on TV that was just completely, I, I would go, if I wasn't just sitting there, I, I wouldn't be able to believe, I mean, it was crazy. It was so opposite and diabolical. It was just real, you know, even hard that, to understand, like, there was just absolutely no truth to it. Or, or No, that was them asking him to tell the truth. <laughs> And that's and that's what Paula White thinks is diabolical. Yeah, don't ask him to tell the truth. Well, you, it, you know it, he's it, not that smart. Isn't that what what, what happened with the uh, with the whole testimony thing? Like they did, they never wanted him to testify because they know that he would he would perjure himself. Well, exactly, exactly. And they're you know it's like and that's why they were they were arguing for like written responses. Yeah. Right. But then. They couldn't get him to put the crayons down to write in pen. Um, <laughs> fuck off. Um, so anyway, I'm not going to play the rest of this because then she just goes into saying how, you know, how basically we told him, we told him to keep away from his faith. And, and the thing is, is because he was asked, he was asked this once before when he was on the campaign trail. He was asked, you know, like what his favorite Bible verses and stuff were. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he had no fucking clue, right? Because yeah, like the, the first or second, uh, I mean, do you like the old or new Testament? Yeah, they're both good. Yeah, they're both good. Yeah. Whereas anyone who's actually, who's actually read it can look at it and say the old Testament is, is an abomination of cruelty and injustice. The new, and the new Testament is just full of lies. Well, the old Testament is too. Basically it's full but of lies. But anybody who, 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 who actually knows Christianity and oh, uh, believes it and all that, they still have a favorite passage. Sure they do. Even if it's just John three sixteen, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I thought we'd end on a high note. Please. Um, yeah, so, um, <laughs> you, um, Mark Taylor, who's just a smidge of a conspiracy theorist, you know, in these times, um, you know, of uh, of racial injustice, or I should say the with the racial injustice having a, having the light, um, having the light cast on it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better you can do than, um, accuse black people of hanging themselves. <laughs> yes, I did say it. And you're about to hear Mark Taylor say it. Um, I'm playing this one because you can't make this shit up. You really can't. That's just... Yeah, hang on. 
It is all about keeping the narrative focused on a civil war, a bunch of garbage that's been going on, uh, like that we've had, what, five hangings now? Yeah. Public hanging, they found bodies hanging? Terrible. Please tell me that's not, I, I, give me a break. We know that's deep state related. That's pushing some of this stuff to try to drive the narrative. Now, some of them have maybe suicides, but they're trying to martyr themselves because they know what it's going to do to this whole black-white thing. Right. So what he what he's asserting is, gee, so it, picture if you could um, a, a person of color wanting to forward their agenda. Now picture if you could that person saying, I know, I'll hang myself. <laughs> That'll help. Yeah. Then I'll really get them. Yeah. I'll, I'll show them. <laughs> I'll kill myself. Um, and, and it's funny because what, what I don't want to do is, is downplay any of the, any of the violence um, the, that's happened. The reason, I make, the reason I make light of it in this sense is because of the dumb fuckery of what this asshat is proposing. Yeah. He can't, he, it can't be that people are actually being victimized. It can't be that. It has, it? it has to be deep state related. It has to be tinfoil hat related. It has to be because if it isn't, then we're just talking about a bunch of racist fucks who are killing people. And that doesn't fit my narrative. Yeah. And I don't know what else you say. Like, I don't know what else you say. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. Um, that's not happening. Um, the, and all of the things that we've uh, that we've seen, I guess maybe now would be an interesting time to, to actually take it on a more well, serious note for a second, you know. And all of the the horrible things that, that have been happening, and the the rioting that I think is getting things accomplished, um, the the social um, movement that has really started to pick up steam. Well, the defund the police thing has actually started to, yeah. and, to and it's, happen. and it's funny. And then to everybody who's hearing this, uh, regardless of where you're from, just to, just to reiterate the obvious in case you weren't sure, they're not talking about not having police. Exactly. Nobody's saying don't have police. Everybody understands that we have demonstrated as a species that we cannot self-govern. <laughs> We've proven that. Yeah. We've proved... We need police, but yeah. we need police to do police work. Yes, exactly. And we need to take the enormous amount of money that's being uh, funneled into the policing to, uh, and to divert it into areas where it will do more good. Yeah. Increasing social programs, increasing uh, education and services for, for mental health issues. Not sending the police out to go pick up people, uh, homeless people up off the street, um, putting money to social programs there. Not sending people uh, out to uh, uh, domestic dispute violence, where it's not violent domestic dispute, it's just people that need a, need, need some talking to and need some de-escalation. De 
Yeah. Um, you know, putting money into the into the proper areas where police can actually do what they're supposed to do, and some of the money that's going to police right now can go elsewhere. It can be better spent. Yeah, and there, it, one, it's interesting because one of the things that I've uh, I've seen is and this came from from work that I've that I had done previously in my life is seeing how I mean the the mandate of the police has become very simple. They're not there to help a situation. They are there to move in and take control of a situation. Yeah. It's like, take control, ask questions later. Um, and if you've watched, I, I don't know if you've watched it, but the, I, I actually posted it up on, on Facebook. Um, uh, John Oliver's latest uh, show about the police. It's it, the entire episode. Is, is I saw it, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. It is phenomenal. And he goes through it exactly case by case because it's, there's, there's a, there's a huge problem that needs to be fixed and it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be painful to fix it, but it needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, th- th- these are the types of things that, you know, that, that have to happen. And, and what we can't do is we can't let fuckwits like Mark Taylor or anybody else who has, you know, has, has a microphone or a megaphone on a street corner or a blog or, you know, or a Twitter account or a Facebook account getting out there and spreading misinformation and bullshit about how, you know, how these things are all bad and how, you know, well, you know, if you just don't commit crimes, there wouldn't be a problem or any of the other list of bullshit excuses that have been put out there yeah. um, by, uh, by people to try to um, virtue signal what the police are doing. Um, or, sorry, I shouldn't say that. No, that would be fair to say. Try to turn what the police have done into a kind of virtue signaling of look at all the good we're doing because it's not all good. Yeah. Um, and, and while there is some good and while I have personally experienced good, that doesn't take away from the fact that I am one coming from a place and speaking from a place of extreme privilege. Um, so of course I don't see everything else. The system set up so that I don't see it. I don't even have to deal with it. Um, but that doesn't mean it isn't happening and it isn't happening in a disproportionate um, way to everyone who isn't like me and enjoys the privilege that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we have to, you know, we have to stand up and, and we have to call out. And so I guess one of the reasons I, I played that clip, as silly as it, as it is about people, you know, martyring themselves is that we have to speak out against that kind of bullshit because you can't let a narrative like that take hold because there'll be enough stupid fucking people that think it might be true. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not, we're not talking about, you know, people, you know, martyring, you know, we're, we're not talking about, um, things like that. It's, that's not, that's not the case. Yeah. Oh, I'm watching my snake trying to, burrow his head into the into his uh, substrate. 
It's a very he's got enough. Of, he's heard enough of you already. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> I've had enough of this shit. I'm burying my face. Um, no, they're all hungry. It's about feeding time. So, um, wow. So that was uh, that was deep. Um, yeah, there's so there's so much uh, broken now in in the states, and it's coming to light, and uh, it's. Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to, uh, I should mention now, actually, uh, Dean's um, sister-in-law is uh, is an outspoken activist, much like I'm outspoken, much like Dean is outspoken. Outspoken doesn't mean bad. Outspoken can very <laughs> often mean good. Um, yeah. I believe the, out, the speaking out that I do is valuable. And... Um, uh, Dean's uh, sister-in-law, Shailene, is is an extremely uh, outspoken av- um, activist who has done a lot of good. If anyone's friends with me on Facebook, they saw the they saw the pictures of the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, local protest that she organized, that she spearheaded, and she put together. And uh, I'm going to extend an um, an olive branch. I shouldn't really say that because we're not enemies. But I'm going to ex- uh, extend uh, an invitation to Shailene to come on to talk about some of these things and address them in ways I don't have the capacity to. And uh, maybe we'll find a way to put a religious slant on it so it all kind of fits in with the <laughs> with with my narrative. But um, no, she's she's an amazing uh, young woman and she's done a lot of good uh, in in the community and stuff. And uh, for someone as young as she is to uh, to be doing the work that she does, it's it's remarkable. It is amazing. It is amazing for sure. Uh, okay, well, um, that puts us at an hour and fifteen, so not too far off our regular mark. Um, I think that's enough trouble for us to get into for this week. Uh, we're gonna do our damnedest to be back at you. Not in um, <laughs> uh, too uh, far distant into the future, and since I've already provided proof of life, you know that Dean's not uh, dead. <laughs> we'll get uh, get back into that. Oh, I should say that um, there have been a couple of other people that have uh, reached out. Um, if you're listening, I'll just say uh, I'm just gonna say M because I don't know how this person feels about their information being out there. I'm just gonna say M. Uh, I responded to your email. Hopefully you got it. And uh, I'm going to have a conversation with Dean off uh, off recording about uh, about having you uh, about having you on as a guest. I think it's a great idea. And what else? I think that's about it for now. Oh, I did uh, I should say um, that we did have conversations with Rib uh, Religion is Bullshit, whose um, whose name I I won't share because I'm not sure how much he wants it out there either. But uh, the guy who's been uh, my um, tag team debate partner for the last uh, couple of uh, rounds on Modern Day Debate, um, I've uh, uh, I've invited uh, him on with uh, with his uh, partner. Uh, he and his partner ha- Dean have a have a call in show in Ireland, much like the Atheist Experience. Oh, cool. Yeah where they talk to people and ask them what they believe and why. So I thought that's cool. So offered a branch for them to come on. And I also put the invitation out there to both Smokey Saint and to John Maddox, even though John Maddox is kind of a prick. Um, <laughs> still, still put it out there. I don't care if a fuck if he listens to this or not. He'll come on or he, or he won't. I don't care. Um, but yeah, so that we could have a discussion. And I think, uh, 
I think you would, um, I think you would enjoy speaking to uh, John. John fancies himself a bit of a, um, a bit of a science man. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, uh, you could have some fun with him. Well, I, I, I also fancy myself a scientist. I, I, I am not in any way, shape or form, uh, but I do like to keep abreast of the issues, uh, when, when time, uh, permits. Right. Well, I'm going to throw it on you anyway. Um, okay. okay. So that puts us, yeah, we said now we're in uh, 16 minutes. I think that uh, is enough trouble for us to get into for this week. Um, we'll be back at you again very soon. But until that time, I have been Michael. I have been Dean. And we shall see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been The CA. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please drop by the iTunes store and give us a review and subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they release. Just a reminder, the views expressed on this broadcast are solely those of the hosts and are for entertainment purposes only. Never take advice from two guys expressing an opinion on a podcast. That's just silly. See you back here soon.